Chapter fourteen of From Tangier to Tripoli by Frank G. Carpenter. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recorded by Betty B. Bahansen, King of the Amazons. This is the story of my audience with Bahansen, whose army of female warriors once sent cold chills down the backs of French soldiers and whose conquests gave France Dahomey. Bahansen fought battle after battle with the French and caused them no end of trouble his wars with them cost millions indeed at one time the chamber of deputies at paris made a single appropriation of six hundred thousand dollars to carry them on he made treaty after treaty with france only to break them and it was long before the french were able to subdue him and take possession of his kingdom after that he was held in close captivity and prevented from having any intercourse with his country and people. Bahansen was first carried off to the West Indies and imprisoned in Martinique, the little island belonging to France. Later, he was given a villa there and allowed to drive about with his favorite wife and one of his sons. Finally, he was brought from Martinique to Blida, about 30 miles from Algiers. Here he died shortly after my audience with him. The cause of his transfer was largely his ill health and his fear of the volcano mont pele when the great eruption occurred bahansen became frightfully excited and every earth tremor thereafter sent him into fits of terror that the volcanic disturbances might extend to his home his nerves became so shattered that the french feared he would die so it was ordered that he be transferred to algeria and kept under surveillance at blida blida is a military station with barracks inside and a great fort on the foothills of the atlas mountains nearby it has the chief army stud of the algerian cavalry and its surroundings are such that it would have been useless for the king to try to escape he was given a villa outside the city walls but he was always surrounded by spies and police bahansen very well knew that it was out of the question for him to think of making his way off to the sea and also that the two thousand miles of desert between him and Dahomey were patrolled by French soldiers on swift camels. While in Martinique, he had made all sorts of promises of good behavior if he were allowed to go back to his own country. He continued to make such promises here, and it is believed that the chief cause of his death was his homesickness for the land of the Amazons. I have the honor of having had the last newspaper interview with this notorious monarch. The interview was not full of meat, for the king was too sick to talk much, and as to the honor, I doubt much if that term applies to the meeting with one who had probably offered up human sacrifices, who had killed many Christians, and who had most likely often sharpened his ivory teeth upon the human flesh of the Caucasian race. At any rate, I saw and talked with Bahansen in his prison villa at Blida. My way to the villa was over a road fenced in by high walls above which waved the green branches of olive and orange trees we passed by gardens filled with roses by vineyards loaded with fat blue grapes and by enough fig trees i verily believe to have clad the six thousand eaves of bahansen's amazon army finally we came to a gate labeled la possible the peaceable it was indeed a facetious name for the dwelling place of this the bloodthirstiest of kings nevertheless it was there that bahansen was living with his four wives and his numerous children 
the villa was a large two-story structure surrounded by a veranda twelve feet wide with the rooms opening out upon it and standing in an orange grove of several acres as i went up the walk i passed the two pet donkeys of the king's little ebony princes which were feeding under the trees as i neared the house i was met by bahansen's aide-de-camp or the man who came nearest to being his high court chamberlain he was dressed in white duck he was a negro of martinique who had been with the king for some years and spoke french fluently taking my card he asked me to stay outside while he learned whether his majesty would receive my party within a few moments he returned and led us upstairs to the veranda here we waited while the high court chamberlain crawled in through one of the windows and passed out several cane-seated chairs to us asking us to rest upon them until his majesty was ready as we tarried the crown prince uelino an intelligent young fellow of eighteen as black as your boots and with typical negro features came around the corner and we chatted with him he spoke french well and understood a few words of english he was only six years old when his father was carried away from his kingdom and like the old king he said he wanted to go back to dahomey he was quite dignified bearing himself with what might be called an imperial air he told me that bahansen had been ill ever since he came to algeria that the weather did not agree with him or with his four wives and that they all wanted to go back either to martinique or on to dahomey he said he feared his father would die if a change were not made at once after a few moments word came that the king would receive us so we went with prince uelino around the veranda to the other side of the house and were admitted to the imperial presence as the room in which the ex-king of dahomey was lying opened on to the porch we came right upon him as we entered the door he rested on a sort of cot with a white pillow under his head his black body was covered with only a gray-blue cape which fell back as he half rose showing his skin almost to the waist he had on a curious black velvet cap covered with gold embroidery which fitted his head closely coming low down over the forehead covering the ears and falling almost to the shoulders as he talked with me he now and then pulled his gown up but it kept falling back exposing four or five square feet of oily black skin upon my presentation he reached out a naked black arm and shook my hand saying in french bonjour as we chatted i could see two of his wives who were waiting upon him one of these seemed to be undergoing some kind of punishment for she was on her knees leaning over a chair in the back of the room the other was crouched low on the floor on the opposite side of the cot from where i stood both were jet black and of the most pronounced negro type their woolly hair clung close to their scalps in small kinky curls they had flat noses and white teeth and each wore great plugs in her ears their black necks arms and shoulders were perfectly bare their white skirts fitting up close to the armpits where they were tied by twisted white bands knotted over the breast at the time of his death bahansen had only four wives a paltry allowance in comparison with the days of his prime when he had three-fourths of the young women of his whole nation to choose from all of his amazons were at his command and hundreds of them were young girls of eighteen or more years of age the king was sixty-three years old when he died and the women i saw with him were i judge 
each forty or fifty years old no one knows how many children he had he left several little ones in algeria and some in martinique and he had in his family also several good-sized girls and the crown prince whom i have described one of my first questions to the king was as to his health he replied that he was ill and that he desired to go back to dahomey his native country he said algeria was too cold for him and that he could not keep warm he asserted that he was not dangerous to the french that his army was long since disbanded that he would make no further wars and that there was no reason why he should not go home i asked behansen to tell me something about his country dahomey he described it as a beautiful land rich in its resources and basking in the tropical sun from one year's end to another his eyes lighted up as he spoke of it and it seemed to me i saw his thick lips quiver i referred to the stories which had been published of his amazons and asked him whether those girl soldiers were as brave as they had been painted at this the king's lips tightened and methought i could see the lust of battle come into his bleary old eyes he replied that the amazons were brave and faithful but that the french had outnumbered and overpowered them and that now he was only a captive in the hands of his enemies i told him that i was a journalist that i would tell the american people i had spoken with him and that i could carry a greeting from him to them if he wished he replied ami to ami friends we are all friends he then reached out his naked black arm from under the cape again exposing his skin to the waist and shook hands with me as i said good-bye as i went down the steps upon leaving i saw the french white guard watching me and i was told that his majesty was never alone for a moment if he drove out with his wives a soldier or a policeman went with them to prevent any possible attempt at escape his captivity was in fact always before him he was warned again and again that he would surely be recaptured if he attempted to run away and that although there were in algeria many sudanese negroes as black as himself there were none like Bahansen. he was assured that the news of his loss would be the police and the spies on the search and that at the same time his guards kept him always in sight outside this surveillance the king was fairly well treated by his french captors he had all his expenses paid by the government his villa was free his french cooks cost him nothing and his provisions and his scanty clothing were supplied without charge he had in addition to all this an allowance of money of eighteen thousand francs a year which means about thirty six hundred dollars of our money or just about ten dollars a day this certainly ought to have sufficed to keep him in tobacco and to furnish now and then a new earplug for each of his wives everything goes by contrast however and such a sum was as nothing to this negro king who once numbered his assets by millions of francs and his subjects by hundreds of thousands since the conquest of dahomey the french have turned things upside down and are fast developing the country they have established schools in all the villages and at porto novo the seat of government there is an experimental farm cotton plantations have been set out between four and five hundred vessels now call there annually and the commerce is growing two railroads have been built and a telegraph line joins kotonu with Bahansen's old capital abome and with the river niger timbuktu and the senegal 
these dahomey people are of the same race as our negroes their country is on the gulf of guinea where most of the slaves were caught in early days they are of pure negro stock belonging to the fan branch of the yu family the people go about half naked they believe in witches and have their witch doctors when Bahansen was in the height of his power travelers who passed through dahomey gave vivid pictures of him and his army they said he sprinkled his ancestors graves once every year with human blood he was then so great that when his people approached him they had to crawl up to him with their faces in the dust the annual grave sprinkling which took place in october lasted several weeks the amazons acted as the executioners the victims who supplied the blood being usually captives taken in war when the time for the killing arrived these unfortunate wretches were dressed in white shirts tied hand and foot and placed in baskets on the top of a platform the king first made a speech and then the amazons hurled the victims down into a crowd where they met with a horrible death i have seen it stated that their skulls were used to adorn the palace walls and that this king had a sleeping chamber paved with the heads of his enemies the army of amazons was one of the strangest features of king behansen's outfit most of them were young women of from eighteen to twenty-five years of age and many had been trained to fight from their childhood others were wives who had been unfaithful to their husbands and others women who had been divorced on account of their bad tempers because of their failure to have children or for some other reason which caused their husbands to want to get rid of them they were thereupon handed over to the king and if they had the requisite physical vigor were drilled for the amazon corps these amazons were armed with swords battle axes and guns they were wonderfully brave and were trained to endure pain of all kinds they were the king's special guard and fought better than the male warriors in the wars with the french it is also said that after a woman joined the army she was shut off from marriage the virgins among them being bound to perpetual maidenhood unless they were desired by the king they were trained to ferocity and the french say that in battle their recklessness was increased by a liberal allowance of gin the girls had just enough liquor to make them devilish without interfering with their fighting these famous black women warriors had a uniform of their own they wore tips of horns on their heads and had sleeveless garments of blue and white cloth which fell to the knees under these were short trousers which made it easy to distinguish them from the half-naked male warriors in times of peace they also wore bells around their necks as a warning to tell men not in the army to keep out of their way the other sex was afraid of them too and fled upon their approach as it was death to be caught paying them special attentions the women took vows of chastity upon entering the army being in fact regarded somewhat as were the vestal virgins of old rome i have heard that many of these amazons were beautiful but if so they must have been far different from the african queens i saw during my audience with their former commander and king it is said that these women warriors were at their best during the last war which Bahansen waged with the french during that struggle he caused a number of them to be beheaded on a charge of cowardice and tried in every way to make them perfectly fearless and indifferent to pain among the most terrible trials of their courage was a climb up walls of cactus bushes sixteen feet high to a roof several hundred feet long 
carpeted with cactus these barefooted and bare-legged girls climbed the bristling walls and passed over the roof covered with cactus thorns then as the story goes they ran back and showed themselves to the king their faces wreathed with smiles although their feet and legs were covered with blood end of chapter fourteen